0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Well, I'm so excited that each and every one of you have tuned in for today's program. We're going to be welcoming back one of our past divas. I'm excited to be chatting with her. I'm excited to be seeing or to be hearing what she's been up to, and we'll be able to share it with all of you guys. Uh, If this is your very first time tuning into the Divas That Care, you know what? A big welcome to you. We love having new listeners Uh, check us out. Uh, We have an amazing website at divasthatcare.com where you can listen to a, a variety of amazing hosts, and all of our shows are recorded, so you can definitely check them out. All right, today's guest is Valerie Green. Welcome back, Valerie. I'm so excited to chat with you. Hi, Anders, So happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited because we always have great conversations. Um, but before we kind of dive into today's topic, would you
1: mind introducing yourself to our new listeners? Wonderful. Um, yes, yeah, so I am Valerie Green, and I'm a relationship coach who helps people Inspire their partner to deeper levels of intimacy, desire, and commitment to meeting your deepest needs and your deepest vision for what you deserve in your relationship. And I work with both men and women and couples um, because I just really think that it boils down to the same principles of being coming from your heart, deciding what it is that you want to create, and inspiring you, the person that you want to inspire into the vision and if they're not they're not the right person for you but that depth of inner clarity is what we all need and usually as long as we have that inner clarity about what we want and we're able to shift our vibe from focusing on what we don't want to focusing on what we want and then learning how to inspire them which is what I'll be talking about today um, then you know if you have that then you can create anything. I completely agree and
0: that's what we need is we need individuals like yourself coming on here and uh, sharing great things with us because we all need some assistance in our relationships. But I want to ask you first is how did you get to be a relationship coach for women?
1: Yeah. um, And I do think I'm uniquely qualified because it was just, first of all, always my inner passion. Um, And I actually started out as a health coach, but it was very, it was like, When I was working with clients, helping them to eat healthier and lose weight and stop emotional eating, it was really obvious that I would help them the most with their relationships. Like they wouldn't be following their health protocol because of um, a struggle they were having with their partner. And I would help them more with that than with the food. And so I realized, oh, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. And um, as I was learning, so I decided, okay, I'm going to just switch my focus to relationships. And I did oh, gosh, I don't even know, 10 additional relationship-specific trainings after that. Um, And, of course, use the tools in the trenches in my own relationships because I would keep on, and I don't know if our listeners can relate to this, I would just keep on having this pattern in my relationships where as soon as I would get close to somebody, I would push them away. And, you know, it would be, I, my relationships would last several years, but then we would get into conflict, and I wouldn't know why. That would always drive us apart, and I would wind up having, like, a three-year shelf life for my relationships, and that got really old when I hit my 30s. Um, and I just remember saying, I'm really going to figure this out. And so with my current husband, when I first met him, he wasn't looking for a committed relationship, and that brought up all my stuff. But it was I was finally able to walk my talk. Um, and inspire him to lifelong partnership when that's what he wasn't interested in. And when I took all those tools and applied them to creating programs that helped couples, because I also transitioned my previous marriage into a very loving, connected friendship, and I have that. Um, My uh, husband endorses me on my About page, so you can look at that. But I was really... um, Good at helping people in all stages of relationship, and I felt like I'd lived through all of them myself. And it just so happened that when I applied the tools that worked for me to my single clients, that they started attracting their life partner. And to my couples, that they were able to transform conflict into intimacy. And so, it's something that I'm just really passionate about. And um, you know, you'll have to find what your passion is. And this is where mine lies. It's just I wanted to pick the thing that I thought I could never really because relationships, you can never really figure out even if you dedicate Mm -hmm. your life to it. And so that's why I chose that because I just I'm like the kind of person that needs to go all the way with anything. I love that. And you know, I want to go
0: back because I like how you said in the beginning that you were, you worked with life coaching and doing that kind of stuff and working with people on fitness and health and, and then you realized that, it kind of related to relationships. And I, I want to ask you, uh, I know this is kind of a side topic, but do you you've obviously found that out quite a bit. And I hear different people talking about that. It all kind of leads back into relationships. And I think that's a lot of the reason why perhaps we don't do the healthy stuff that we need to do for our bodies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or specifically just how we process our feelings and how we express our feelings. Because, um, relationships bring up our deepest feelings, and if we don't have productive mm-hmm. ways of handling that, then usually we'll, you know, use something, and it might be food, in order to not feel that feeling. Some people reach for substances, some yeah. people, you know, um, chop or distract themselves or watch TV or whatever, and it's not like there's anything wrong with doing something like watching TV. You know, it's just what ways of handling your emotions, uh, processing your emotions, actually work for you to be able to identify your truth and your needs and get yeah. clarity underneath them. Well and I think
0: that's why we it's important that we talk to people about that because sometimes we don't see that isn't within ourselves.
1: Oh it, completely. Yeah. I mean it's you know, it's hard to see the forest for the trees and I do think of course we're biased, but that's why it's important to talk to other people about or yeah. find people you trust, you know, professionals exactly. and or, of course, close friends that you and family that you trust. It doesn't have to be a professional. But um, I like to say that wounds that were created in relationship have to be healed in relationship. And unfortunately, you know, the um, whatever we feel we haven't resolved from the past comes up. And I'm a coach, not a therapist. So the way that I handle that is I teach people the skills mm-hmm. in order to process their feelings. And because it's just going to keep coming up and, um, you know, and how you process them and how you express, at least for me. And so this is, of course, we attract clients that mirror our own transformation. This was, and is my biggest transformation. And to be honest, my husband keeps me honest, right? Because it's like when I express my feelings in an inspiring way and I take the mindset into account that I'll share uh, in this interview which is the win-win mindset. So I'm really focused on what I want and what he wants and a win-win. If I take that mindset, he'll do anything for me, you know? It's like he'll move mountains in order to make me happy. And, I mean, that's why I I moved back to New York. And he's actually still – in the other place we're living, wrapping up our old life. And now we have the opportunity to do long distance, which I've never done before, which is kind of exciting. Although I say that now since it's been like, you know, (laughs) he just got home like two days ago, right? So it's like I'll have to blog about how that goes. That could be a whole other topic, right? That could be a Um, whole other topic, exactly. So tell me, Valerie. But he keeps me honest. And it's like when I'm – sorry, I just want to finish this. That like when I'm – you know, focusing on complaining a lot about what I don't have or expressing my feelings in a way that um, pushes him away, then, you know, it's not like he doesn't give me what I want, but it's a lot harder and we have to butt heads a lot. and We argue and then we make up and we repair. And it's like, why go through that, you know, when if I express it in an inspiring way, then it'll go much better. And so that's why these are the tools that I teach because I live them in my own life. Oh yes, exactly. Well, wow. and that
0: kind of brings me to the question that I have: is what are the two mistakes that women make when they are trying to express their feelings that push men away?
1: Yeah, and these are really—I mean, I do talk about these a lot. Um, I go over them in the free ebook that I'll give as my free gift at the end. But um, they're pretty simple. It's just how men are wired, you know, because masculine men do. Have a lot more testosterone, and it does make them much more prone to being sensitive to being made wrong. Women are just, you know, feminine. Women, when we we have more, a lot more estrogen and oxytocin is what motivates us. It's like mm-hmm. our deepest fear is that we're not loved. But it's important to understand a man's deepest fear. A masculine man, his deepest fear is that he's he's failing. And so when we tell him what he's doing wrong, which is usually how we tell a man what we want, like, no, I don't like that. I don't like it when you do that. I feel bad when you do that. It's like, it, it, there's nothing wrong with expressing it that way. But if you make a man wrong, which is mistake number one, if you do it in a way where you're focusing on what you don't want, which kind of maps onto the law of attraction, then he'll feel like, I'm failing. And it'll just be way harder for him to stay present. And so you're just like making it a lot more stressful for him to be able to give you what you want. So that's the first mistake. Um, And I go into more depth in terms of why that is and some examples in the free gift. Um, And then the second mistake, which seems obvious, like, okay, I shouldn't make him wrong. Let me tell him what I want instead. We do that in a way that tells him what to do. Like, oh, well, I want you to, you know, I mean, the example I always give is to take the trash out or to call more or whatever, right? Very common examples. And, you know, if you already have a good connection with him, it's fine. If he asks, what do you want me to do to tell him? Like, then he wants you to tell him. But in general, men when you tell him what to do a lot, he'll feel mothered and then he'll feel not romantically attracted to you. So it'll be a conflict. Like I can do what she wants, but then I won't be attracted to her anymore. Or I can resist and still maintain my sovereignty and there's attraction possible, but she's not happy. So it's like a double bind for him when he's in that space. Cause he like feels mothered. Um, and so I know that it seems like, okay, well don't make him wrong. Don't tell him what to do. What do I do instead? And What's important is, and this is just, I'm learning this on a deeper level now, um, because when I was living in the place that we moved to, and even the way that we moved back, I was really uncomfortable. Like, we wound up basically living in a camper trailer in the woods for six weeks in October, November in New York City, and I was freezing the whole time. So, like... If I focus on, not literally freezing, but, you know, complaining, it's like <laughs> I also teach about the pillars. Like you have to, the John Gottman's research shows that couples that make it in the long term, there's a five-to-one ratio of positive affect to negative, you know, um, in the broad definition of those things, pleasant to unpleasant. Um, so you have to focus on building the pillars of positive connection. If I'm complaining all the time. It's like that's going to push them away too, but obviously there's – um, you know intimacy into me see by having him know how I'm feeling but then I have to keep myself resourced to focus on the positive more than the negative and so that's when I really realized there's two main mindset shifts that are important when you express your feelings that make all the difference as long as you're focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want um and those make all the difference whether he's inspired and wants to make you happy or whether he's pushed away. And when I put these into practice, it was like, I mean, we're like, we didn't plan to move back to New York, but here I am. Um, because mm-hmm. he wanted to make me happy and he's doing all the work to wrap up our lives where they were so that I could be here now. But, you know, when I express my feelings in a way where I don't have these two mindset shifts, where I'm just, basically, for lack of a better word, complaining. Um, You know, not that there's anything wrong with complaining. But it's just we would butt heads and it wouldn't feel good and it would be in a power struggle. And so it it was really important for me to walk my talk. And so I'll explain what these mindset shifts are. Um, So the first one, like I said in the beginning, it's that win-win mindset. And so that's how – it's not like you can't tell him what you want him to do – but it's important that you present that in a way where you're not attached to him doing that thing. You're attached to a win-win. And that's what's important to communicate. Because, like, if you're like, hey, I want you to, I mean, if you take a really simple example, I want you to always take the garbage out. It's like, well, why does that work for him? You know, what is, like, I mean, he, like, let's say it wouldn't work for him because he's already doing everything else. I mean, we don't know the context. But you have to have your awareness on that space of mutuality. Like, what is it that he needs and what is it that you need and what's the solution that takes what he needs into account? Because then he'll feel like you're not selfish. Because men are not necessarily scared, in my opinion, of committing to a woman as much as they're scared of committing to a woman where they'll feel controlled and then a double bind. And, like, she'll be like, well, if you really love me, you'll do the thing that you don't really want to do. And that's what their that like fear is. And so if you present what you want in the my way or the highway mentality, then that will push them away versus presenting it in the, well, I care about what you want too. And how do we make that work for both of us? And I don't. it doesn't have to look the way I want. How would it work for you? And so the whole time, as soon as I was clear, I wanted to move back to New York. That was my attitude. I'm like, and this is what I help couples figure out when they come to me or individuals figure out. Um, I actually use a process that comes from John Gottman. I call it the win-win solution exercise where you determine what's the yolk of the egg and what's the white of the egg. Meaning the yolk of the egg is what you're completely inflexible on and the white of the egg is what you're, more flexible on. And so when you're developing this win-win, you want to make sure that it honors both of the yokes for, you know, lack of a better analogy. And, but you can compromise on the white parts and you won't feel resentful. And that's how you know, if you're going to feel resentful, it's not a win-win, right? If one person does. And so I'm like, okay, well, all I care about is that I am no more than an hour away from my friends and family and I'm flexible on everything else. Like what works for you? and he made it work for him. And every day we talk on the phone and I'm like, how do you get your needs met? Like I'm getting my needs met here. You know, you still feel isolated there. How do you make that work for you? And I'm going to help you figure that out if you want, if you want to bounce ideas off of me or you know, let's make sure that I'm in your corner advocating for you getting all your needs met. And you know, you can borrow my brain, I'll borrow your brain, two heads are better than one. And if he really (laughs) feels like you're on his team, then you can express your feelings about, like, okay, here's how I feel when I get what I want. Here's how I feel when I don't get what I want. What do you think? And you know what, Valerie, I just want to interrupt you here for a second.
0: Wouldn't it be great if this was taught to high school students when they're first getting into those relationships? Like college students, like all these young individuals before you get into relationship, this is a course you need to take because wouldn't that simplify things so much for people and take away a lot of the heartache?
1: I know. Yeah. I preach in the choir here.
0: <laughs> and, in fact, I, mean, I
1: do know um uh, Michael Jazz, and I believe it's the Healthy Relationship Foundation, but I'm not sure. They are teaching nonviolent communication in school so there are some organizations that are doing that which has a win-win mindset at its core mm-hmm. uh, value system you know so it's like starting to happen but yeah I mean wouldn't it be great if this was taught in high school college you know even like adult education courses and in institutions I mean I think that um yeah You know, relationship skills just aren't really taught. Yeah, in in a larger scale. A lot of courses
0: you need to take before you get married, too, that, you know, different um, religions and stuff, they always have these these courses that you take before you get married. It's like, would this not be a perfect one that everyone should take? Because, you know, maybe the divorce rate would be going down because you would have an understanding on how you're expressing your feelings. And I, I just, I love this whole process.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Um, something that I didn't learn in school for sure. And I think most modeling that I had as a child, I mean, I was lucky to have parents that were pretty positive focused Like they were really into Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and focused on the positive. Um, But that's certainly not what's modeled in our culture. And, you know, a lot of times growing up, I felt like I had to just like complain to people because that's what everyone was doing. And that's how you belong is like you share the complaining and that that is kind mm-hmm. of a, a large part of the culture. And that's a big part of, you know, what we um, have to take a risk going against the grain to um, not just be a Pollyanna and say, Oh, everything's great. Instead, like that's, you know, not um, transformative either. Of course it's better to focus on the positive than to what, what you don't like. But, you know, true intimacy and relationships is about, um and I'll talk about the second mindset shift. The first is to have that win-win mindset where you're expressing what you want and your feelings in terms of a win-win. This is how I feel, but this is how I want to feel in a way that works for you, right? Um, relating it to what you want. But the second thing is to have the vision. And in my opinion, if we're talking to Women, about women, and assuming women want to be the feminine partner, and I don't make that assumption with, you know, everyone, because I believe in free choice. Um, But the feminine partner is the one who's responsible for setting the emotional tone and doing the inner work to feel positive about relating to what you want and expressing the vision. This is what I want. This is what it provides for me. This is how I want to feel. This is how I want it to feel for us. You know, this is my vision of what's possible. What do you think? How do you want to make that happen? And then the masculine partner's job takes care of the logistics in terms of how to make that happen. Um, And it's a beautiful partnership for those who choose those roles. Um, And I would say that most of my female clients want to be the feminine partner, so that's who I'm speaking to. But some some male clients want to be the feminine partner. like whatever works for everyone, right? But Mm -hmm. inside of that, The second mindset is the vision is what's most important. Uh, I was just explaining this to a client earlier in terms of expressing her anger. Um, It's a big um, cortisol rush for a man to witness a woman's anger. If you're like, even if you're expressing anger at someone else in front of him, it, it brings up his like, where is he? I want to, beat him up kind of (laughs) hormonal reaction. It's just like men are run. They have a lot of testosterone. It's a stressful experience to be around a woman's anger. And that's if he doesn't have charge from his mom around it. And so like, if she's just like, well, I want my boyfriend to listen to my anger. And I'm like, great, but what's in it for him? Like, why? What's the vision? What, what are you, why? Like, what is the vision about why that's better than him not doing it? You know, like he doesn't understand that. He's just like, when I'm angry, when she's angry around me, I feel uncomfortable. Why should I have to be around it, you know? Um, it's just, it's, but he'll do it if he feels like he understands why. And it's obvious to us because when we get together with our girlfriends, you know, we vent and give each other empathy and we feel better when we feel closer to them. That's obvious, but it's not obvious to most men because they're not socialized like that. They don't do that with their guy friends. So it's like he has to... You have to be the one that paints the picture for him. And that's the second mindset shift is the vision. So it was like, I mean, I'll give a, a really specific example, and it's about me again. <laughs> a lot of times I talk about clients, but this has all been really um, poignant for me lately. Because, you know, a lot of relationship coaches teach that it's not good to express your insecurities. Um you know, you should deal with them first and then, you know, insecurities push a guy away. And I'm one of those people where I always talk about actually it's good to express your insecurities with inside of a committed relationship, Uh inside of a committed partnership, um, with these two mindset shifts. And I just really saw one night, like, you know, where you see that fork in the road and you're like, oh, my God, if I go down that path, it's going to be disaster. And if I go down this path, it's going to go great, you know. I had one of those inspiring moments yeah. in the shower <laughs> getting ready for a date when we were in the um, camper trailer. So I was just, like, really feeling physically uncomfortable that whole time. So I had to walk my talk more, you know. So I was like, we're doing this plan for him to be actually gone for about three months, cleaning up our old life and stuff back there while I'm – with my friends and family in New York and he's like there feeling isolated. And obviously I was processing my feelings about that, feeling a little insecure. What's going to make him be okay with that? But if I just express that insecurity, because we're already kind of in the place where the pillars aren't that strong because like, you know, it's a lot of hardships and we're, we're, we're not comfortable. And if I just start to express my insecurities, he's going to be like, come on, it's fine. It's fine why are you saying this again, you know, and it's just, I'm not going to feel reassured and he's going to feel annoyed and I could just see that path. And I'm sure that a lot of us are used to that, right? Like, I mean, I certainly have been caught in that cycle in the past. Um, and so I decided instead I was going to use these two principles and it was just really clear to me. And so I approached him and I was like, I have this vision for our date tonight where, like, I express. Something that's uncomfortable and you give me reassurance in a way that's deeper than you have before and because of that I'm able to feel really comfortable for the next three months apart from you because of this vision we create together and I expressed the vision of how we were going to be staying in contact and advocating for each other's you know needs and you know every day I'd be like would you do that was fun and what can you do you know and we're really on each other's team and um, and I give him space when he wants it. And, like, that would allow me to do that. And that's the vision that I want. And does he want that, too? And, of course, he does. And so then I expressed the insecurity, which was, you know, it was something that he told me about a previous relationship where when he was long-distance. Like, he um, he grew apart, you know. And I just wanted to know how, when we're long-distance, we would stay closer. But I remembered I, you know, I felt a little insecure because he had told me that in the past. And it was, mm-hmm. if I just said that, then he probably would have felt like, oh, come on. she's like harping on this thing I said about the past, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, at least a voice in his head would have said that, right? And I'm sure that we can all really yeah. on some level, but, because um, he's awesome. He wouldn't have said that out loud or anything. But still, you know, you can tell the way it feels. And because I was able to stay focused on what I wanted, what that would provide for me, how I wanted that to feel, the vision of how that would, you know, cause us to feel connected for the next few months, even though we're long distance and it would be fun. Then he was like, oh, great. Yes, I want that too. And of course, this is the ways in which it's different and from the past. And of course, like I, of course you would have your attention on that. And here's how it's going to be different. And we laid out this whole vision. It was beautiful. And then I did feel reassured and we had, a really connected date after that because I got to express my feelings and he got to give me the reassurance. And then I felt closer to him.
0: That's perfect. You know, and that's what we should all do. And I think, and then, you know, I know we're coming to a close with our program and there's so many questions that I have for you that I would love to continue on to this topic. Um, for all of our listeners, just to kind of give you a heads up with, For Valerie, she was on a program of ours back in September. So I want you guys to go check out that, re-listen to that one, because it's it's an amazing program, and she talks about um, a 12-week manifesting lasting love coaching program. So, Valerie, you mentioned that you have a gift for our listeners, but I also want you to mention your website so that our listeners can, you know, contact you, because I know there's a lot of people listening today
1: that are
0: looking for a relationship coach.
1: Definitely, yeah. So everyone's welcome to check out my website. I have a lot of free resources on there too. It's com. So that's V-A-L-E-R-I-E and green like the color with an E at the end, com, And I do have a free gift on there for both um, couples and women in relationship and single women. And so you can choose which one is right for you. Today, I'm talking about the gift for a woman in relationship because this is how to express your feelings in a way that inspires him. It's called Man F.S. Lasting Love. Um, and, it's you know, even if you're just dating a guy, this formula would work. But obviously, if you're single and you don't know a guy, then this is how to express your feelings to any man in your life. Um, it's a formula that really works for masculine people in general, and you can try it out. I give a five-step formula for how to express your feelings in a way that inspires him. And I explain and use a lot of these principles um, that I talked about in this interview. And so if you share the link for that below, it's just uh, my website forward slash e guide because it was the first um, of my many free gifts that I actually wrote. Actually, I think I wrote it in 2015, but the principles are still very important today. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And Valerie,
0: I definitely would love to have you back on the program in the new year. You know, maybe spend some more time talking even about this
1: some more. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I am definitely going to be having to put these tools into practice even more since I won't be seeing my husband for a little bit. The communication yep. between he and I is going to be even more important. And so I can refine it on a deeper level. Well,
0: that's perfect. And, you know, for all of our listeners that are up here in Canada, and I know quite a few of them are oil field wives, It's is a great thing because a lot of our husbands work away from home and we don't see them for weeks at a time.
1: For sure. Let's talk about that.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again um, to my amazing guest, Valerie Green. I'm going to be posting all of Valerie's information on our social media And make sure that you take this podcast and send it to your family and friends. You know, that's why we love having relationship experts on a program like Valerie Green. And we love supporting other women. So make sure all of our listeners check her out. Make sure that you also do something kind. I think it's really important. We are coming across a Christmas season. And Hmm. I always think kindness is an important thing. So make sure you guys do something kind. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic day. And until next time, Mm -hmm. everyone.